Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Infinite Snap Podcast. I'm your host, Shadow DTV. We've got my boy Justin here, back to our scheduled programming as it would be. Uh, thank you to the guests that we had on last week, Black Thunder. It was great having a listen to uh, someone, a different person's insight into the game. I guess a more casual trading card player. Uh, which was really cool. Guys, you might notice that I'm in a different location than normal. I'm actually on holidays at the moment, but I thought uh, I'd bring all my gear along and get a uh, episode, a couple of episodes in while I'm away for you guys. Justin, how you been? Uh, been pretty good. Um, we missed you last week, um, but it was good to have Black Thunder on. I think you did a good job. But um, yeah, no, I've been good. Been playing some Marvel Snap, which is good. Yeah, no, Black Thunder definitely did a great job. Uh, I had a listen to the episode on the plane, uh, which was very enjoyable to listen to. Uh, guys, if you're watching the video version of the podcast on YouTube, uh, again, sorry we're not live this week. I don't have very good uh, internet connection here, so I didn't want to risk a live uh, a live show and go wrong, but we will be uploading this as normal. If you're watching the video version of the podcast, you will see some numbers on the screen. Those will be the numbers of Snapu. So Justin has played one round and is on zero points at the moment. I'm going to be guessing this week. Uh, of course, Snapu, everyone's favorite Marvel Snap uh, quiz game. All right, so yeah, sorry again we're not live, but um, we, we will be back in a few weeks, back to our live streaming, uh, so stay tuned for that, but let's get straight into it. Justin, uh, you've been playing some Marvel Snap. I've actually been playing a lot lately. Um, I think we spoke about a few weeks ago how we've been kind of on and off playing the game. Um, yep. Yeah, what's your thoughts on how the game sits right now? Um, um, I am really having fun with it. I'm playing this deck that I absolutely love. Um, it's like it's so fun and it's pretty successful um, but still yeah like there's something about it you know it's not like when we first started playing I don't I'm not sure if it's like you know the way that we acquire new cards and stuff like that I'm not really sure what's like what's putting me off a little bit but like it's still great fun I'm still doing like all of my missions still doing the season pass still doing everything like that I'm probably just not not really close to hitting infinite. I mean, I'm sitting at about uh, 83, 84, so I'd love to hit 90, um, but I'm I'm definitely not going to grind it out to infinite. That's like too much of a hard task. Um, but the, I think the game's in a good state. I know a lot of people are complaining about like meta decks um, or meta cards. Really, um, we can get into that later. But yeah, I, I think it's in a it's in a good state. The game at the moment, in my opinion. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. Um... I think the game is in a pretty good state at the moment. I think the lull is, yeah, with the cards, it's hard to get new content at the moment. Um, I think we've got battle mode coming, which we will speak about coming uh, tomorrow. Uh, as at the time of the this podcast dropping, it should be out. So we'll definitely explore it next week. And we've got some big news about the battle mode. But I think once we've got some tournaments and some other community things to engage in, the game will start feeling fresh again. Like I think of uh, other trading card games that you and I play, going to tournaments, things like that, uh, playing with people is the like the most – like obviously you play to get good at the game and just have fun playing it. But like playing against people you know can be – it can be a very social interaction and it can yep. make the game uh, – I guess it can elevate your experience of a – I guess what's normally a solo game into a cooperative game where you guys can work on decks together – um, practice different matchups, things like that. So I think that aspect's going to really freshen up the game. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I really agree there. And I think like Second Dinner can just, I mean, you know, the game has only been like out of beta for what, a couple, a few months or, or so. So I think that the game is still fresh. We can't have like super high expectations. They're obviously working on a whole bunch of stuff and they've shown us that like they will deliver. That they've they continue to show us that that they will deliver on what they say and and, and new features. Um, I think like things that they can do just to get me more into the game is definitely like tournaments. You know, m maybe they can actually support or host some tournaments. Um, that would be awesome. Um, even like just um the events like the Nine Beast Challenge, like just to make it. I don't know, just like it doesn't, those events don't really grab me, like make it a bit more involved for the player. Um, I think that's one way to like, you know, it's just another thing um, to keep me coming every single day. Um, you know, if I have more reasons to open the app, then I'm going to have more fun. Um, so I think there's some things that they can do, but I do think it's, it's you know, 
second dinner are definitely doing a good job and they definitely will deliver. Yeah, I think we've got to remember that it is quite a new game. I think as time goes on, they're going to add things. They're going to have more time to like be creative with things. Right now, they're just trying to get all the foundations of the game down. Obviously, battle mode's a massive one. I like, um, yep. we've spoken about it before, but I think of other mobile games, when they have community events like a challenge, you actually play the game to contribute. So in this case, yep. yes, you get bonus points for having specific cards in your deck, but I think of things like uh, Raid Shadow Legends, when there's a community event, you actually go in, play to deal damage to the enemy, and then as a like team, as a community, you guys try and defeat it. So even something like that would be really cool where the challenge, I guess, is a bit more involved, like almost like yeah. a, not its own game mode, but like every time you log in once per day or once every uh, reset, like every eight hours, you can like fight it again sort of thing. Like it, you just it, play it, one it, match and see how many cubes yeah. you get. It's just something to do other than, uh, you know, playing the standard game, which, yeah, yeah. which is which is what Battle Mode is as well. Yeah, it's something to do other than play the standard game, which I think is what they need. I think a, a massive part, like when I played Clash Royale, a massive, massive social aspect of that was um, clans or guilds, I think they're going to call it, in um, Marvel Snap. Yeah. I think when they introduce the guilds, I think that will also bring like a whole new breath of fresh air into the game because then you can actually start a clan or join a clan and actually speak to people in-game, maybe like donate boosters or whatever and like it's just a it's a little bit more social because like you said it is a very like one player game like when i play marvel snap i'm like on my own not talking to anyone just like focusing on the screen whatever but um yeah if they introduce more social aspects in the game um such as battle mode like they're doing but i think more importantly the clans or guilds um i think that'll be really good as well yeah, I think clans and guilds are like for a mobile game makes sense. So hopefully they yeah. add, or they are going to add something like that. Hopefully it's like sometime this year would be really cool to see. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's we've been through the development roadmap a few times. Um, yeah, you guys can see that on the Marvel Snap website. Um, tons of stuff planned for the game. Battle mode is probably the big, like the major one uh, that was on the horizon. So we've got yeah. some interesting news that we're going to be sharing later in the episode. Um, but first up, let's go through the featured locations and the hot locations for the week. Uh, just a note on this, I've actually started, I've been ramping up my Marvel Snap content again. Things are kind of uh, died down a bit with work and things. I've actually got a bit of free time finally. I won't be doing too much while I'm on holidays, but when I get back, I'm going to be doing some stuff. But at the moment, I'm just posting uh, some short, like just an image on the featured and hot location, showing some cards that will help you with that location. So I don't know if you saw the one for Asgard, Justin, but um, like I, I had a few, yeah. So just a, just a few ideas for players. I guess it just um, and I'll be posting them on my Twitter and on my YouTube. Just a quick like quick image that you can take a glance at, see a few cards, and go, yeah, that card will be really good with the new location. Um, so I'm going to be posting those. So for the featured and hot location, so you, that should give you guys an indication of what to play. Um, so that's fun. I'm having fun making that, but let's go through collapsed mine first. Uh, Justin, what did you think of, uh, collapsed mine? Collapsed mine. So collapsed mine was the featured location. It reads, fill this location with rocks, skip a turn to destroy your rocks. Um, so I've been, I'll just run through my deck really quickly. I think I did with, um, Black Panther yeah, while last you, week. But... While you're bringing that up, um, I found that location interesting when it showed up turn one. If you had nothing yep. to play, it just always disappeared. Like it kind of yep. didn't matter. Um, yeah, go through your deck. So I'm, I'm playing a Zabu deck um, and it's got no cards under three costs. So yep. It's got no one or two cost cards. It's got Zabu Lady Sif and then it's half the deck of four cost cards and then the remaining quarter of the deck of six cost cards. So, um, so yeah, you're basically, I guess... Unless it shows up on turn three, you don't really care, do you? Correct. So I, this didn't bother me at all. Um, and it's one of those locations where I feel like as a featured location, it probably can be annoying. Um, but just thrown into the mix um, of, you know, the general population of, of locations when you're playing normally, uh, it's. I think it's a good location. It's one of those ones where it doesn't, it doesn't hinder you like that much. Like, you know, you can still win two other locations um, if you don't get rid of the rocks. But 
if you do want to get rid of the rocks, you just skip a turn. Like it's if you don't come across it that often, I think it's a good location. Um, it's nothing too crazy. Yeah, for sure. I think I didn't really have an issue with it either. I was playing like a Zabu deck, like you said, turn yep. one and two, it doesn't matter. And if you're playing like a Zabu deck with Sunspot, which some people do, uh, if you've got a Sunspot out there, you're skipping a turn and getting benefit anyway. Um, yep. She-Hulk was another one. If you're skipping a turn, the rocks disappear. You play She-Hulk next turn. So there's a lot of ways to just remove the rocks. Um, and then, of course, if you play a Patriot deck, the rocks can be a benefit. Uh, to some degree, yeah. having no abilities. Um, also, maybe just a couple of interactions. I always seem to have funny interactions with the feature <laughs> locations. Uh, so the first one is, the first one was, someone played armor on turn two on the second location. I hadn't played any cards there. They played an armor. Um, there. Yeah, I can already see where this is going. Got filled with rocks, um, but then obviously because of the armor, they couldn't be destroyed, yep. and the armor had what three power. So that's like an auto win unless I could buff my rocks with like a patriot or something or blue marble. That's pretty um, cool. Which I was not playing, so that was a cool interaction. Um, the other one was funny. It was collapsed mine came up as maybe like the third location, but um, the first location or the second location was one where can't remember i don't remember exactly but anyway a rock ended up on the board um and when collapsed mine came up as the second or third location i skipped a turn and so the, the location reads fill this location with rocks skip a turn to destroy your rocks oh, it actually it all of them. A turn it destroyed all my rocks including that, that one that wasn't at collapsed mine i don't know if that was meant to happen but it happened that makes sense because the wording is destroy your rocks, not destroy the rocks yeah. at this. Yeah. So that makes sense. So if you're playing something like debris uh, or like, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I mean, it's it's not going to come up that often because, um, you know, debris is a three cost. So you're playing it after collapsed mine comes up. Oh, actually, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but yeah, because like, if you if you skip a turn, turn four or five. Yeah. So you're not, not going to really you're not going to really see it that often anyway. Yeah, but it was interesting. Definitely. That's cool. Yeah. So I didn't have any issue with it either. Um, I was just playing like Zabu decks where I'd just skip turns um, or I had a sunspot. So I was just skipping turns. Um, so that was fine. And then Asgard. Uh, so Asgard, I just kept playing pretty much whatever I was playing anyway and just tried to fight for that location. Uh, it was good for Silver Surfer because if I won that location, it basically guaranteed I got my combo uh, yeah. every game because I drew most of my cards. Um yeah, I think Asgard was fine for the day. Like it wasn't, it didn't feel yeah. too uh, impactful that you had to play a specific deck. Yeah, Asgard was fine. So Asgard reads after turn four, whoever is winning here draws two cards. Um, yeah, so I, I should have read that just, out. <laughs> yeah, that's no, right. I still just played my Zabu deck, so I wasn't actually playing one or two cost cards. So um, it was really hard to win Asgard. Yes. Um, the the downside about it is I play Dark Hawk in my deck, and so when the opponent did draw two cards, which they most likely were, then my Dark Hawk like suffered pretty much because they're drawing an extra two cards, meaning Dark Hawk loses like four power that he'd usually have. Um, but other than that, it's yeah, it wasn't too much of a big deal. I find that like people overcommit as well to Asgard like early. Um, so if I see like they're going all into Asgard, then maybe I try and spread my cards to the other locations. Yep. Apologies. There's a bunch of dogs barking in the background that the mic might've picked up. Um, Ooh, that's all right. I didn't hear. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, you're right. Um, I think, yeah, it was, it's one of those locations where, sorry. So you said Darkhawk suffers when they draw cards. Yes, because Darkhawk's ability is um, plus two for each card in your opponent's deck. Yeah, but so, so if they're drawing, if they yeah, I get it. So if they're, if drawing, they're drawing cards, cards then Darkhawk's losing power because there's yes, less cards of, in their deck. Yes, yeah. of course. That's like that's a it's like a, a, a like just a massive negative for Darkhawk. Uh, yeah. How are you finding Darkhawk? I haven't actually played with the card. Um, people, I hear a lot of people complain about it. Do you think it's pretty powerful? Um, it's pretty powerful, but it's not like. It's not like I wouldn't say overpowered. I, I wouldn't say it's overpowered that it needs to be nerfed yes. just yet. Um, mate, like that could also be because a lot of people don't have their hands on it that they're like it's not being played that much. Yes. Um, but I like it. 
it's really not overpowered. Like if if the opponent doesn't draw any extra cards, and if I don't affect it, like if I don't put any rocks in their deck or don't black widow or anything, then Darkhawk ends up as a seven power card at the end of the game. Which is nothing. So it it's a four seven is like very very average. It's probably a little bit below average. Yeah, for um, sure. So it's like not a big deal. Obviously, you have rock slide and stuff in your deck um, to buff him, but you know. Dark uh, Rock Slide like takes up a slot and is like not the best card apart from if you're running Dark Hawk. Same as like Black Widow and stuff like the average cards. So yeah, I don't think Dark Hawk's overpowered. It's, yeah. it's a good it's a good card, but it's not like you know when I play Dark Hawk, I automatically win that location. Yeah, I think the I think all the new cards have been pretty balanced except the season pass cards. Season pass okay. cards have felt, and I think like you said, uh, they feel really broken because. Basically, everyone has them. I mean, $15 season pass, most people are buying it if they play the game regularly, whereas yeah. something like Dark Hawk takes a while to actually acquire. So I, th- yeah. I, th- I feel like people have more time to figure out how to be bro- how Zabu can be broken, how Silver Surfer can be broken. I'm sure there's ways to break Dark Hawk as well, and like o- there's obvious ones, Black Widow, you know, re-triggering, you know, uh, uh, Korg and... Rock slide, you know, Rock with things slide, like abom- yeah. abomination, man. So there is ways to like Absorbing make it. Man. Yeah, yeah, sorry, abs- what did I say? Abomination, abomination, man. man. Do you know why I was editing some stuff today? And abomination is like my default image uh, oh, yeah. when I'm changing cards. <laughs> <laughs> abomination, man. I actually got absorbing man this week. Um, Ooh, so I've been having nice. fun with that. Yeah, I've actually been. Did you pull absorbing man? No, no, no. I bought it with tokens. You bought absorbing man? Yeah. What What else should He's... I have bought? Shuri. Well, absorbing man is dropping. To one thousand tokens to series oh, three tomorrow. I didn't know he was dropping. Oh yes, I did. I'm an idiot. He's yep, dropping to three. Right. Yeah, you just wasted two thousand tokens. I mean, uh, to be fair, I don't really care that much right now. Yeah, it's not a big deal. <laughs> but I've got Shuri pinned. Because um, Shuri will go down to four. To th- yeah, series four. Will so that I'm stay pinned? Will that, that stay pinned? I assume so. I don't see why not. I I would think that it would unpin when they drop. <laughs> We'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. That's my bet that it unpins automatically. Nah, it shouldn't. Nah, it shouldn't. And me and um, Black Thunder were saying last week that we've actually been. Well, he gave me the idea. He's actually been saving up his his um credits. Yep. So that when new cards drop into series three, there's obviously a better chance of pulling them from the caches. Yes. And then he'll just spend all his credits. So I've started doing that as well. Um, but the only card I need from the series four to three drops is absorbing man. So yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah. yeah. When I say I got, I got absorbing man like at the start of the week, but yeah, I, f- I forgot that the, the drop is as of tomorrow with the patch. Yes. I yes. believe so. So I'll, yeah, I'll probably target Shuri next, I guess. Yeah. Um, as my next series four. Uh, cool. I, I don't think I'd ever spend the collector's token on pool threes anyway. I, I think I do, like you said, just unlock them naturally. Yeah, uh, series three, you're gonna like you're gonna pull them. You should eventually. pull them within like what is it like every twenty caches? You've, yeah, even if you're it's twenty, like that's three. I that's can't remember fine. what it is, but like it's fine. That's definitely um, fine. So I'll definitely, yeah, I, I think buying pool threes doesn't make sense. Yeah, but I, I actually kind of maybe swung more into your what you were saying. Yeah, I a heard few what you said about yeah, pull, uh, buying series four cards just because yes. like. You get two Series 4 cards for the same cost that you get one Series 5 card. Like, that's a massive difference. And yeah, you're doubling your card, new card pool. You're doubling your new card pool. And if, like, the reason I think why I agree with that now more is because we've seen that, well, I, I, I assume or I've heard that they'll be dropping cards, like, once a month. They'll do a drop from Series 5 to 4 and 4 to 3. So, like, if they continue that, then it's great. Yeah, for sure. And I think the only cards that won't, like the only cards that make sense, obviously Thanos and Galactus are staying in Series 5 for now. So it it makes sense. If you want those cards, just buy them. But I think anything else, just wait till it's at least pool 4. Yeah, I agree. And like we don't actually know what's going to drop to 3, Series 3, pool 3, whatever you want to call it. So I think targeting pool 4 cards makes sense to me. Cool. Yeah, unless a card comes out that breaks the game. Yeah, for sure. Unless there's like five, then I'll get that. The most like, broken like card that's ever. What, that's what I thought Dark Hawk was. I thought he was the best card that's like come out. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
recently, so that's why I bought him. But yeah. Cool. So, um, again, if you want to see any of the uh, featured and hot location um, like guides that we're going to be posting, um, I'll be posting them on my Twitter at ShadowDTV, but I'll be retweeting them on the Infinite Snap Pod Twitter. So, if you uh, listen to the podcast, go and follow the Infinite Snap Pod Twitter. Sorry, it's at Infinite Snap Pod. Uh, cool. So, Battle Mode, new patch tomorrow. We're going to be doing, we're going to be playing games against each other, obviously. Yep. Sounds awesome. I actually got paired up against Black Thunder in a match <laughs> yesterday or today. Yep. Um, we both snapped and I'm coming out, which I was pretty happy with. Nice. With um, the win. I felt bad because he's pushing for infinite. Yeah. But um, <laughs> with battle mode, at least we'll be able to do that whenever we want. Yeah, that's right. Like if we're testing a new deck, just be like, jump on, yeah. let's play. Yeah, so that's going to be cool. Yeah. So from what I could see, basically when you make a lobby, you'll get a code and then you send that code to the person you want to verse Then they'll copy that yeah. in and then you will be able to verse. So I don't think we're actually going to have a ID system yet. Like you're not going to be able to add people as friends as far as I could yeah. tell from the announcement. There's no like yeah. friends system yet. I'd assume when the guilds come out, things like that, they'll look at implementing that. But I mean, this, this is fine for now. You can run tournaments, you can do things like that. So I think it's it's fine the way they've done it. Uh, some big news that came out today about it is that they have actually, uh, the engineering team at Second Dinner have been able to have cross-region support ready for launch tomorrow. So you'll be able to verse Ooh, people. Nice. Yeah, so we will actually be able to, you know, if you're, you know, you've got friends that live overseas, we're here in Australia, so obviously we have a much smaller player base. So if we wanted to verse someone, you know, on the other side of the world, we'll be able to do that, which would be really cool. Uh, it's just good for the community. Like, it's like, obviously we're going to be running, uh, any events that we run are going to be Oceania based. So like, it'll be easier for people that live in Australia. The time zones will work out better. But the fact that we can just have anyone join events and like tournaments, things like that is really cool. Um, on that. Yeah, agreed. And, and yeah. same thing for us to join, you know, other tournaments that other people are hosting. Yes, like, for sure. I'd, I'd love to be a part of, you know, whatever anyone's hosting. And I guess for us Australians, a lot of people will host like over in America or something like that. So um, it will be good to be a part of that kind of stuff if I can get around the time zone thing. Yeah, that's the time zone thing's the hard one. Get up at 3 a.m. Yeah. for your Marvel Snap tournament. Yeah. <laughs> um, so on that note, uh, we are planning to host a Infinite Snap tournament. Uh, we're still figuring out the logistics of it. Uh, obviously, the time zone will be um, most suited to people in Australia and uh, on uh, in that time zone. But uh, obviously, anyone will be able to join. Uh, you know, if people want to get up early in the morning or stay up late at night to join the tournament, that's going to be completely fine by us. I'm still trying to think of a name. Uh, uh, so far, Justin, I've got the Infinite Snap Open, the Infinite Snap Open oh, tournament. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. I like it because we do have the Australian uh, like Open that. that just finished. Yeah. Uh, we have our yearly uh, Grand Slam tennis tournament. So the Infinite Snap Open, it's open to anyone. So I thought that would be a, uh, an, a neat name, but we'll, we'll workshop it. Uh, I'm thinking at the moment, once I've figured out the logistics, once a month will definitely be doable, potentially once a fortnight when we get into the swing of things. Um, and we'll figure out the date and time and everything uh, for that. But I was thinking, you know, it'd be great. We'd be able to, um, if people are using PC, we'll be able to stream the games. We'll be able to commentate them, things like that. Um, we'll have the stream on a delay. So obviously, you know, it makes it easier for us to stop people from like, obviously I don't expect people to cheat. But, you know, we don't want to make it easy for people to do, especially if there's prizes and things like that on the line. So we'll definitely, uh, we'll, you know, have the stream on a bit of a delay. We'll be able to commentate. You know, chat will still be able to engage with each other. So that would be really, really cool. Um, Justin, uh, if, you know, be happy to have you commentate some games. But, of course, I'm sure you'll want to play in the tournament as well. Yeah. So I'll definitely make sure you, know you can do well. that. Yeah. I know you want to <laughs> play for sure. I was going to say, man, I don't want to commentate. I want to play. <laughs> yeah, I knew, I knew you'd want to play um, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I'm super keen for that. That sounds awesome. And like, we've already got like some of our friends that I reckon would be would be keen on doing a tournament. So I, if we can get like some of some of the listeners as well to get on it, that'll be like really good for sure. I put the feelers out today on Twitter, um, and I had a few Australian content creators that tweeted back like, "Is this going to be for Australia?" I said, "Yes." You know, the time zone will be good for you. 
Um, and there's a bunch of uh, engagement on that. So I think people are pretty excited. Obviously, like I, I, I know there's going to be tons of tournaments like in America, Europe. But for us, it's just almost impossible to play those, especially if, you know, you're, you're, you're at uni, you're working, you're studying. You know, we, it's impossible to stay up till 4 a.m. for, a, you know, a tournament where you might win, you know, a season pass or something. Like it's yeah, unreasonable, yeah. but you know, we want to participate in these things. You and I playing other trading card games. We love participating in like Pokemon TCG tournaments, things like that, but it's almost impossible for us to participate in anything on the other side of the world, uh, even if it is digital. Uh, so it'll be really cool for all the Australians. You know, we've got Australia and New Zealand, a lot of Asia have a similar time zone to us. So it'll be great to be able to do that. Um, yeah, I'm excited. We'll figure out all the logistics. I'm looking at like setting up the discord. So we get people in the discord, do pairings, automatic pairings, all that sort of thing. So it's going to be a ton of fun. So I'll definitely need your help with, uh, getting all, getting that all set up. Definitely. Super keen. Happy yeah, to help. That should be good. Um, Shadow King. Uh, I think you mentioned earlier, uh, you mentioned before the show that Shadow King is out today. Uh, man, these cards once a week, it's, it's, it's a lot. I have to admit, it is, it is a lot. It is a lot, and they do not promote them. Like, well, they, I was on they, the they post that, they post like once on their Twitter on the day it releases. That's about it. Yeah, but I swear, for Shana, I think it was, um, came up on the menu screen. One oh. of the, yeah, one of the pages. You know, as you swipe through the menu screen, yes. one of the pages was like Shana out today. Um, Shadow King. I can double check, but. Like I haven't seen anything on the app. Maybe maybe um, it doesn't drop until tomorrow. Nah, they always drop on a Tuesday at two. Yeah, PM. they normally do. Yeah. Um, well, but, I think um, I get what you're saying. It's it's like when a new you think of any other game when there's a new expansion, new cards. It's like that's all everyone's talking about. Yeah, Whereas, I just yeah. I want I want the card like just in my face. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's it, right. It, it needs it, that's where it needs to be. Like it's a new card. It has it's like. They should be trying to hype it up, so um, even though like not everyone can get their hands on it. But like, so here's my oh. thought: the problem yep. with the tournament mode is going to be so. I think to start, we're just going to do whatever cards you have, you'll be able to use, and then down yep. the track we'll have like you know a pool three and below only tournaments, just so it's fair for everyone. Because obviously, players that whale and buy all the cards will have a slight advantage, um, or a major yeah, advantage. I think, really, I think that's a good idea. I think for battle mode. I think it makes sense that they just let you use any card. What's your thoughts on that? Because uh, um, we're always talking they, about we want to try these cards. If I can go into battle mode against you, test out Shadow King and go, yeah, this card's good, then I will buy it. That would be really good. I think maybe we've brought up that idea maybe once before. I think um, they should definitely do that. <laughs> Yeah, well, they it, should just, definitely, it would make, definitely do that. It would make then, running like, tournaments like a thousand times easier. Yeah, it would. Just say you've just started the game, and I am a player that's like trying to get you into the game, and we we try battle mode. I'm going to have all these OP decks, and you're going to be you're going to have like just series one, two, and a bit of three. Well, even, so it does even, not seem fair. Even if you like, you you could like you know intentionally just use a pull three deck. To make it fair, but yeah, for running tournaments and things like that, it will initially be hard because if a new player joins, I want we want them to be able to join the community, uh, participate. But if they, you know, if they get come up against Shuri and Darkhawk and Zabu every game, they're going to be like, I don't even know what these cards do. Um, so yeah, yeah. Th that's interesting. We'll see how that pans out. Um, but yeah, so Shadow King, what does Shadow King actually do, Justin? All right, so Shadow King is a four cost, three power card. With the description, on reveal, set all cards here to their original base power. Okay, yep. So, now, yes. Originally, I thought Shadow King was trash. Yes, no, you I, did. Sorry, I didn't think he was trash. I just didn't see, like, why he was good. I didn't see all the hype. And like, everyone's saying Shadow King's, like, definitely the best card I think um, out if of I recall, this season. I said that out of the four new cards, this was the one I thought was the best. Yeah. And, and so you did a lot of people. Yeah, and my reasoning for it was, and you can explain, you said to me you finally got the uh, got the spice on how the card actually works, but I assumed it set every card back to whatever its original base power was. So Sunspot would go back to one power. Um, if you buffed your Black Panther, he would go back to his original power. Uh, is that how the card works? Yeah, correct. So 
Yeah, so basically it, it works like similar to actually the same as like Valkyrie. Now, I know people don't have her either, <laughs> yeah. but um, it, 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 it affects like if you, obviously if a card, uh, every card has a base power, right? So Sunspot, its base power is one. Its ability is not ongoing. It's actually, it actually gets buffed at the end of every turn. So Sunspot starts at a one, could end up at a 10, right? Shadow King comes down, it sets the Sunspot to its base power, which is one. Now, if you're playing Sunspot and, you know, you're going for that infinite play on turn six or whatever, you're relying on that Sunspot ability, Shadow King just absolutely wrecks it. Yeah, Puts it back sure. down to one. Like, that is insane. So um, when it does, what it doesn't work on, obviously, is ongoing cards. So, for instance, um, Devil Dinosaur. Devil Dinosaur is a five-cost, three-powered card. So yeah. his base power is three, and yes. his ongoing ability adds power depending on how many cards you have in hand. So if if Devil Dino is like becomes say nine power, um, and then you play Shadow King down, well, it, the Devil Dino is still like Shadow King will still set Devil Dino's base stat to three because it was already three. But then the ongoing ability will add power depending on how many cards in your hand. So it's not going to have that negative effect that you want it to have on like a Devil Dino or most other ongoing cards. So I think yeah. um I think I think this is actually how we interpreted the card. I think you made yeah. the point of it wouldn't work on ongoing cards, which definitely makes sense yeah. because you set it to its base power and then it does whatever its ability is. So I guess it. It, it's a little more niche in its use. Like it doesn't just shut down everything that buffs. But I think of things yeah. like, um, like if Blue Marvel is buffing another card, it wouldn't work. Uh, whereas no. something like Spectrum, if Spectrum got played uh, and you and then you had your Shadow King activate, that would shut them down. Yeah, I can tell you like some, just really quickly, some cards that it'll work great against. Yeah, go for so it. So it'll, it'll shut down Sunspot. Um which gains power at the end of each turn. It'll shut down a bishop. Um, yep. A bishop was a really popular, really popular oh, card. Angela like before series three. Um, yeah, Angela. Um, even like you know, we see a lot of. Well, I used to see a lot of Ironheart play. Um, Ironheart buffs three other cards, gives them plus two. Um, this will just negate that basically, um, and really shuts down like a Mister Negative deck. You know, Mister Negative. Flips an Iron Man to of a course. five zero to a zero five. Go but back to that Iron zero. Man's base power is zero, so it'll set it back to zero. You know, that's um, powerful. Yeah, some obvious on reveals like um, I know you said Black Panther. Um, anything affected by Shuri will go back down to its original base. Yeah. That yep. So that would um, be a Forge as well. Forge as well. Um, Taskmaster will just whatever it copied, it'll oh, go back no. to a zero power. Yeah. Um, Apocalypse as well. Um, Ooh, that's a big one. A yeah, but Apocalypse is a tricky one. So probably one thing that I want to mention with Shadow King is you really need to be careful with your initiative. So if yes. Apocalypse, Apocalypse in particular, because it's a six-cost card, you really have to be careful if you're trying to catch the Apocalypse with Shadow King. Not only do you have to get the right location, but you have to make sure that your opponent is revealing first. Yes. Because um, Shadow King obviously is an unreveal card. Um, they're probably the Kazakh uh, Spectrum, uh, and also, 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 we're finally going to um, going to negatively affect some of those destroyed decks. So Carnage will go back down to a two power. Ooh, Carnage Venom. Um, Venom. Rip. Um, some of those. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it seems like a quite a strong counter card. This feels like yep. this feels like in the same vein as like Enchantress. Uh, Cosmo Shang Chi, like it, well, maybe not Cosmo, but it's kind of counters abilities and can shut down like specific cards. Yeah. So maybe not as powerful as like Shang Chi and Enchantress, but I think it has a wider use. Like it doesn't specifically target, you know, ongoing or on reveal. It kind of targets just a bunch of cards. And these are yeah, cards, and, and, and it's stopping abilities that would give them just naturally give them power. Yeah, correct. So it's it's like as yeah, if you know they're playing a silver surfer deck and you have you know, they have initiative, you can just completely shut that down. Yeah, you play Shadow King on their um what's at, the card that duplicates like at itself? At the location at Brood, yeah. Brood, like and if you play this on the Brood location, they get buffed, you know, it's a 
Wong and a Silver Surfer, for instance, and they're going to get like plus 18 or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, you just shut that down, basically. So it's a pretty good card. Um, what deck do you think this will it's, go in? It's a control card. It goes into a control deck for sure. I mm. feel like it's a, it's a card that you're you're reacting to what your opponent does. You're not like you're not you're not initiating things. You're gonna see what your opponent does and then counter it. I definitely think it's a, a very control style deck. It would fit into instead of yep. you trying to get really strong, you're stopping them from getting strong. So I definitely see it going into a control style deck for sure. Um, yeah, I think I think it's pretty cool. What's the cost of uh, Shadow King? Uh, four. <laughs> four, yeah, that's great. You uh, can actually... Four, as as were all of the cards Zabu? that came out, I guess, to pair with Zabu. Dude, yep. you think about that in like a Zabu control deck? That's nuts. You can play two yeah. cards and then also play Shadow King and just shut down their Silver Surfer. This is uh, sounds like a welcome card to me. It, it actually, like now, I'm actually keen for it. So I'll, I'll quickly just go back to the deck that I had. I'll name you the cards, right? So I've got yep. Zabu. Shadow King will not affect Zabu, right? I've got Lady Sif. Lady Sif's not getting any buffs. I've got Dracula. Um, Dracula's an interesting one. So Dracula will never get affected by Shadow yeah, King because it's not Dracula's a... ability happens after the, the end, end of the, the game. game. Yep. Um, so that's safe. I've got Spider-Man, Ghost Rider. Um, won't get affected because they won't get buffed. Um, Dark Hawk is an ongoing ability. Won't affect it. Rock Slide, Jubilee, Magneto, Chavez, Giganto, Infinite. So they're all cards that like... I don't need yeah, you it. Like Shadow King them. doesn't matter. And therefore, that's why I feel like Shadow King fits into this deck perfectly. I would take out um, Jubilee. I put Shadow King yep. right in there. And I think I've got like a 10 out of 10 day. What's the Lady Sif for? Lady Sif Ghost Rider combo. Oh, so you're playing Ghost Rider. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Ghost Rider as well because yep. then I've got Magneto, Chavez, yes. Gigant- Giganto, and Infinite. Yeah, so I'm basically playing the same list, but without the Lady Sif Ghost Rider combo. Yeah. I think Lady Sif Ghost Rider can help you win if you don't get Zabu, but I'm kind of playing it. If I don't get Zabu, I just retreat anyway, is kind of how I've been playing it. That's like, it's good, I guess, but I, you can definitely win with this deck if you don't get Zabu and you pull off the Lady Sif Ghost Rider combo. Ghost Rider combo, yeah. I I guess it just gives you another way to win for sure. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think Shadow King's going to be fun. No one's going to have the card anyway, so does it really matter? Uh, <laughs> not really. <laughs> n- like 6,000 tokens. Is that the first card you're buying? Probably not. Uh, cool. Yeah, so probably not. this one's a pretty simple question. Uh, they have they have made it known that tomorrow's patch, or when, when this is out, you already have the patch, that Zabu and Surfer are not being nerfed at this moment. When they finalized the patch, they hadn't actually seen the rise of Zabu and Surfer, which seems strange because Surfer's felt powerful ever since it was released. But um, like forgetting all of that, they are going to fix them within a week to two weeks. So they are obviously getting looked at. We don't know what the nerfs are actually going to be, but they have mentioned that. Uh, oh, well, before we get into that, what do you actually think of them being nerfed? Um. I I personally don't think I personally don't think they need to be nerfed. I'll give you the um, stats. I'll give you the stats. I had a look at snap.fan today and yeah. Seracle Surfer is currently if you're in pool 3 and higher, Seracle Surfer currently gets the most average cubes. Yeah. It's like 0.58. I, yeah. I, I I can see how that happens because Surfer happens on Surfer turn changes six. from turn five to six drastically. Yeah, you know? and the thing is, you're not. Um, I think the problem is there's no way to really counter it unless you can guess where they're gonna play play him. Yeah. Like if you don't know where Silver Surfer is being played, there's actually really no way to counter it. Yeah. All right. Let me give you. Let me change my answer a little bit. Okay. I I don't want them to be nerfed okay. because I I enjoy playing both of them and For I sure. enjoy. I enjoy playing against them as well, but I think that they will be nerfed because, or uh, because, but just everyone plays them. What's the, your like, what's what's your nerf? Like, do you Ooh. make do you make Silver Surfer negative and negative power? I feel yeah. like if you, you you can't change his ability, if you change his ability to plus two power instead of plus three, 
it just becomes a bad card, in my opinion. Like, why would you not just play, like, Spectrum? Yeah, you're right. Like, and just play um, good on reveal cards and just play Spectrum. But, like, there's changing, like, their second dinner's quick fix to all of their um, nerfs just power. is just power. And I yeah. feel like it's it's fine, but if they if they want to, I don't know, if they want to keep the card, uh, I don't really know how to put it. Do you go I, cost I think, then? I, I, you just, I just cost? really think Do you change really it to think a they four cost. change something else, not the power. But Surfer could go for a four cost, yeah. And then you can only play two cards on turn six. And one can't be a three cost card. Yeah, so you play, if you play, <laughs> no, but so if you play Seracool, uh, sorry, Seracool, if you play Sarah, you could play a two cost card and your Silver Surfer. So you could play your three cost, which is now a two three cost. Three cost card and yeah, a Surfer. and a Surfer, and that's it. Like, yeah, I think surf. that's definitely the way to, to go for Surfer. Still viable. It'll still be playable, but it won't be, like, super broken. Yeah. I think, yeah. That's pretty good, actually. And then Zabu, just nerf the Zabu power. Zabu's a tough one. Probably just nerf the power. Yeah. Make it, like, a 3-0. Yep. So here's my thing on Zabu, and I've spoken about this before. Uh, I still believe that cards that let you play other cards cheaper are always going to be the broken cards. So my example is, so in Hearthstone, any card that lets you, they call it mana cheating, it lets you play cards cheaper. Or like like an example is Jubilee. If Jubilee pulls out an Infinite, that's insane. A four-cost card gets you 21 power. Absolutely nuts. And then you think of Sarah before... Uh, pool four and five came out. Sarah was probably like the Sarah, like Sarah Miracle Sarah deck was like the best deck pretty much because it lets yep. you play cards cheaper. Zabu lets you do the same thing. You're playing cards for half their cost. Like like when you wrap your head around what it actually does, it's a powerful it, ability. It is insane. If you're playing like a proper Zabu deck, you are playing three four cost cards on turn six. Like you should should not be allowed to do that. Dude, today I had... You should definitely not be allowed to do that. Today I had the location that doubles, uh, that plays the card. It it duplicates the card and plays it at another location. So I had two Zabus and my cards just cost one. One. Like all my cards cost one pretty much. And then my Dracula takes a 20 power Infernaut at the end. And it was just impossible to lose at that point pretty much. Um, to be fair, I've seen a few strategies that have been countering Zabu um, and like people are targeting these decks now because they are so good, which kind of yeah, makes I, sense. I've seen a lot more Enchantress like, yes, today. Sure. I've been shot down so many times with Enchantress. Yeah, so um, people are like actively targeting it now. Yeah, that's why I think, I think Zabu is good, but you can see what's coming. That's why the maybe the amount of cubes that you win is not as much as a surfer deck because, yeah. you know, if I get my Zabu down, then, like, I'm playing all these four-cost cards, the opponent will probably retreat on, like, turn five. Yeah, um, yeah, I definitely get what you They can see that I'm doing really well. Yeah, but with a surfer deck, it's just, like, turn five to turn six, your whole board changes so drastically. Yeah, for like, sure. And, like, they don't know if it's coming. And, like, you could, you could be playing the ideal setup and then miss the surfer on turn six. So, like... You know, your opponent might be thinking, oh, what if they don't have the surfer? Like, it's just, that's why it has, it gets so many cubes. I think, yeah, it's it's a tough one. I still think anything that lets you play cards cheaper is always going to be broken. Uh, yeah. The big example as well, how could I forget, Mr. Negative, although not super popular now, Mr. Negative was just the most broken card because it made everything free. And basically, yeah. Iron Man became free to play. Like, everything just became ridiculous. So... I will always be the belief of that those cards will always be powerful. And so far, it's been true in Marvel Snap. So do you think that Zabu can change the four-cost cards to three-cost cards? I think that's the only way they make it not stupid. Then on turn four, they can play... Turn uh, It's bad. It's bad. Playoff. Turn six, it's, they it's can only bad. play one, two cards. Two four cost cards. You know, it's not bad on turn six, but it's bad on turn four and turns four and five. Yeah, you'd have to start playing two cost cards. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think, yeah, it's it's a tough one. But like, Zabu has made cards that were bad good. 
like Omega Red has all of a sudden become playable because you can play it cheap. All these cards that you never wanted to play at four cost, you will now happily yeah. play at two. So yeah, yeah I think it is a cool card. Is yeah, like Crossbones the became in my eyes. Like, playable. Who played Crossbones and never saw Crossbones? No one. Now. It comes up like once a day. Yeah, so uh, I think we'll see what happens. But yes, the the interesting news is that they have confirmed the uh, one of the second dinner engineers has confirmed on Twitter that they can actually change do card changes now without a full patch. So they'll be able to do it server side and just have it happen in the game. So it'll just push to the game, so we won't have to update our client for card changes. So that's really neat. So so it should be pretty easy for them to adjust these cards. I'm assuming that just is power and like cost. I don't think they'd like be able to change the fundamentals of the card. Yeah. I don't think they'd be able to change how the card works without a proper patch. Um, But we'll find out. But uh, I mean, that's cool that they can like make little changes pretty quickly rather than us waiting, you know, maybe three, four weeks for a change. So if they've acknowledged that those cards need to be changed, they why have. don't they change them tomorrow with the well, patch? Well, I think I think that's the thing that they, they they need to still test it and make sure that it yeah, works. Okay. Like, yeah, I don't think yeah. it's just like a hey, we changed the number, it's good to go. I think they'd still want to test it for a few days at least. Uh, but yeah, so obviously they want to work on any bugs that come from this patch that they release. Uh, yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, we kind of gave our thoughts on how they might be nerfed. Uh, cool. So I've just got quickly here um, uh, a uh, a Marvel Snap player, Specimen, uh, Gwent. Obviously, they were initially a Gwent player. They posted that they went from 0 to 100 on a new account in under 12 hours, and they've got footage to prove it. Uh, my question is, speaking to them, oh, some people t- uh, tweeted at them saying, you know, what, what collection level were you? And he did mention, you know, he was very transparent in mentioning that he was like at 180, he started a new account, he got all the cards that he needed for the deck he wanted to play, and he said it was just bot after bot after bot. And so he pretty uh, much wow. like flew through the game with bots essentially most of the way. Uh, do you think there's a matchmaking issue? Because like, say you get to infinite, and, you know, you're in pool four five, you're playing hard decks. Dude, I'm, like, at, like, rank 50, just playing real chill, and I'm coming up against, like, really good decks. Like, uh, like I'm coming up against top-tier decks, and it's kind of like, and, and good, pl- no, let's not say top-tier players, but players that at least know what they're doing, and I'm kind of like, oh. I, I, I think you can say top-tier players. I, I think the matchmaking is definitely broken. Um, I was actually talking about this with Tom, um, not long ago. Yep. Um, friend of so, the show. <laughs> friend of the show. So it is insane that matchmaking is based off your collection level. Yeah. I get it. Um, and I, I think probably more for when you're in, more for when you're grinding out maybe up to series three, I definitely get it. But yes. now that like we are post series three and we're working on series four and five cards, man, more often than not, I am, playing against players because my collection level is like four and a half thousand or yep. maybe 4,700 or something. Um, as soon as the season starts a couple of days in, I'm playing against players that already have the infinite title. Yeah. Or so the that's, infinite that's what I was going to say. And yeah. it's because of my collection level, but I am just because I have that collection level doesn't mean I'm grinding out to infinite like every season. That's right. And that, that's where the issue is. So I definitely think something has to change there. So so that's my thing. So this got like this person, Specimen's gone to zero to 100, which is like, it's cool. It's like clickbaity. It's like, hey, look, look what I did. They were very yeah. transparent. Like, let, let me make that clear. They weren't like, oh, I'm so good at the game or anything. They were just trying to show that it could be done. And I think it really shows a glaring issue in the matchmaking because I could start a new account play for 12 hours like obviously you have to have some skill but let's say even if it took me two days three days a week i now get that cool card back for hitting infinite i get the cool title for hitting infinite and it's basically taken no skill because i'm i'm you know it's a it's a a smurf account essentially it is a smurf account like in the truest sense you are skilled at the game and you're coming up against not even real players you're playing bots that's the thing that's like insane and now I'm sitting at 50 coming up against these people with the, you know, with the infinite title. And I'm like, but hang on, I'm, I'm only halfway through the ranks and I'm coming up yeah. against top tier, like players that have hit infinite. 
they've got good cards, they've got good decks, they know what they're doing, and it just doesn't make sense. Like, I think of other trading card games, Hearthstone, when I hit Legend rank, that's when I start playing Legend players. Like, I'm not halfway through the rank system and I verse, you know, someone in the top 10,000. So, yeah, I definitely think there's a, there's a conversation to be had there about it. Um, yeah, I think it needs to change at some point because it's making the grind feel really awful. I used to be at like 80, 90 and be like, yeah, well, I expect good players. And even back in the beta, I'd get bots in like the 80s and 90s. Now I get basically no bots, but I get really good players at like 50. And this isn't yeah. me complaining. Like, obviously, you know, I, I need to be good at the game. I need to play well to go up. But should I be experiencing infinite players at rank 40, rank 50? I don't think so. No, you shouldn't. Yeah, like that's <laughs> that just, that's like just how a rank answer, works. I just no. That's right. Like once I hit 70, 80, sure. You know, if I'm in the 90s, put me against the infinite player. You know, I'm almost there. Uh, so it just makes the grind kind of hard now because I start playing and you know, I have a couple of eight cube losses and I get a couple of wins and then I sit at 50 and I'm like, well, for the next 50 ranks, am I just going to keep coming up against infinite players? Like it's going to get really grindy. And uh, maybe I think that that's why it has felt grindy for the last couple of seasons. Um, yeah. You know, you asked me a long time ago if I think it would be harder to reach infinite after global launch, and I said no. Said no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it has definitely become harder. Yeah, for sure. Um, since since global launch, but I don't know if that's because of global launch or it's because of my collection level. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, if you were to start a new account, you would be absolutely cracked, and you would just beat everyone. That's yeah. the thing. That's like my point. Yeah. Uh, so. I don't know. They, you're right. A conversation needs to be had there. Yeah. Um, I don't really know. Like, you know, the whole thing about Marvel Snap is, and I think, like, what Second Dinner aim for is that, like, especially with, like, acquiring the way that you acquire cards, yes. is they want to make sure you, everyone knows that you can win with any deck. Yes. And so, you know, you can put whatever pool of cards you have together and, and like create a competitive deck. Yeah. And um, I just think that why, why are they putting collection level versus collection level? If they think that, you know, anyone can make a decent deck and compete. Um, I think that it should just be, yeah, where, what your rank is on the ladder. Yeah. Um, and I so think that's what should determine matchmaking. I think potentially player base could also affect that. Like, I feel like if there was, like, in like in Australia, there's probably not as many people playing the game at all moments of the day. Whereas if we had, like, uh, there was no region, like, if I was playing against people in America, it would maybe be yep. easy to pair me with people, at, like, when it's midnight for me. Um, yep. So, yeah, I think that also could be an issue with it as well. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I'll keep playing. I'll see. We'll, we'll go through our thoughts in a month or two. Um, but I think it is now time for us to get into, that was pretty much all our topics for today. So we're going to play a quick game of Snap Who. Justin, you are currently on zero points. Do you want to explain to the, the listeners how the game works? All right. So how the game works is um, I will give Shadow a location. Um, I have prepared a picture of the location and I've blacked out the title and the ability and Shadow has Shadow will describe that to the listeners, the location, um, and then he will have to tell me what the location is called and what the ability of the location is, and he'll get a point a point for each to a maximum of two points. Okay, so I've got the location here. It's up on the screen if you're watching the video version of the podcast. So it's a pink coloured background. It looks like a portal in the sky. There's like a big tree trunk and there's whatever that is like a bridge and there seems to be two people on it it's hard to make out who they actually are um there's some weird flying bug things uh there's like some like a beam hitting some rock face um look i have no idea um the only thing i can really think of because it is like really wacky is like weird yep. world but then i think like there's so many locations in Marvel Snap that are just weird. Um, yeah. But to be honest, I can't actually think of anything else. So I'm trying to think. 
I'm trying to think of locations that do strange things. Um, but I can't really think of anything else that it could be. I feel like Weird World is my only logical guess. But I don't know. There is a lot of weird things going on. So, I mean, it yeah, kind of makes I, sense. I, I, don't think I, I don't think I can really give you a hint okay. without giving it away. Um, okay. What can I really tell you is about it from this a specific, location? Like, is it, is it linked to a specific character? I, I can tell you that the location is Home of the Sleepwalkers. Um, I've just looked it up. You won't. You probably won't get this from me. any of the yeah. movies or anything. Um, it, it's all right. It is the connection, right, between the astral realm and the dreamscape. No, oh, it's not going to be weird world. It's, it's about. It's it's to do with celestials. Oh. Oh, damn! Can you read that again? It's the space between. It is the connection between the astral realm and the dreamscape. I want to say nowhere now, but then that doesn't make sense either because that would be really empty. I'm, you know, I have to go with Weird World because it's the only thing that comes to mind. Uh, Weird World yep. and the ability is, I'm pretty sure it's wrong, and the ability is uh, you draw from your pl- from your opponent's deck, from the other player's deck. Is that definitely yep. what you're going yeah. with? Are you That's my that final in? answer. I've got no idea. Yeah, no, nah, it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. It's wrong. Um, it's like, I, I know where you're getting at because it's on like, it's that kind of weirdness, but this is actually Mindscape. Mindscape. And the ability of Mindscape is at the start of turn six, swap hands. Swap hands. You, you actually gave me a hint. You said Dreamscape. I said Dreamscape. I, I realized doesn't... after I said that. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty similar. I wonder yeah. if you'll pick up on it. But I think yeah. it was too on the nose for me to go with Mindscape. Yeah. Not that it came to mind anyway. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Weird mind World is like, I think Weird <laughs> I think Weird World is like a um, I think it's like a mountain or something. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it's a bit different. But yeah, I need to keep. I need to be playing. I'm gonna play ten hours a day to learn all the locations. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna yeah. make it my homework. <laughs> when the locations come up in game, I'm like, oh man, if I'm, like if Shadow gave that it. to me in Snapu, I would guess that. But then when you actually see it without the um the title and the ability, yes. it's, it's pretty hard to guess. So my issue is I read the ability, I look at the name, I literally ignore the artwork. Like unless it's super yeah, yeah. obvious, I don't yeah. actually like actively think about that which is you know it's kind of silly because we look at all the card artwork and then i ignore the location artwork even though it's pretty neat uh so yeah that's 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 my bad really Uh, i need to appreciate the artwork in the game more well can you tell me how uh, i can't see our cards right now so how we're doing it is is our cost how many times we've played the game the cost is how many many times you've played and then your power will be how many you've got right so essentially i like that yeah so like if you've played six times and you've gotten you know five points you'll be six five cost a six cost five power so the more you get the more you get the stronger you're gonna be (laughs) yeah i like it cool well guys that what that uh wraps up another episode of the infinite snap podcast we've got a bunch of news coming over the next few weeks uh we're going to have more information about our tournament mode i'm going to have a few ways you guys can support the podcast uh you know financially if you'd like to obviously right now we've been an ad-free podcast and i'm hoping to keep it that way if we can uh you know obviously we're not expecting to you know make any uh, crazy amounts of money or anything through the podcast but you know just to uh, be a way for us to i guess support the tournaments in a way where we can have prizes and you know uh, i guess the more the more resources we have the better the prizes can be the more people we can facilitate so i'm gonna have a bunch of news about that but again really excited for the tournament mode if you aren't already uh join our discord um uh, you can find the link to our Discord uh, on uh, the Twitter account at Infinite Snap Pod. I'll get make sure the Discord is there. Um, but if you want to go to it now, you go to Discord.io/ShadowDTV, and that'll take you to the Discord. Join up. Um, there's a chat in there. You guys can chat about the game, and soon we'll have all the tournament resources up, the rules, how everything's going to work, how you can register. Uh, it's going to be free, so definitely, definitely join up. And it'll be great to have you guys in there as a community, chatting about the game and having fun. Uh, Justin, any last words? Oh, I just wanted—I just wanted to know. I know we kind of had this at the bottom. I just wanted to note that you and I 
are playing in the Pokemon Oceania International Championship in two weeks, and I'm pumped. Yes, of course. Sorry, I forgot. I forgot that I added that in. So yeah, we're going to yeah. be playing uh, the Pokemon TCG. You and I are both big fans of the Pokemon TCG, so we're actually going to be uh, competing in that. Uh, for anyone, we'll, we'll give you uh, more heads up closer to the date. But anyone that's heading there, definitely come. Uh, if if you're there, you know, shoot us a message. Uh, message us. Uh, on Twitter, would love to say hello. Uh, it is a bit of a long shot. I'm trying to think how many people listen to our podcast and are also going to the Oceania International. Probably not. You never know. Probably not too <laughs> many, if any. But uh, if you are, definitely would love to hear from you. It'd be great to say hello. Uh, you know, and if, if you're competing in the tournament, uh, it'd be really cool to see. You know, get your thoughts on the Pokemon trading card game. And uh, yeah, cool. Yes, I'm very excited for that. It should be good. I'm keen Hope- as. Hopefully, we can uh, one day organize a in-person Marvel Snap tournament uh, in Australia. That'd be really cool. Um, we'll, we'll discuss that. We'll see. <laughs> we'll get I'll there. We'll get there. That. Yeah, that'd <laughs> be great. All right, Justin, it's been good. I'm going to get back to my holidaying, but I will catch you next week. Definitely enjoy it, and um, we'll be back next week. Thanks, guys. We'll see you soon. Bye. See ya.